We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, boys and girls, um, you want the good news or you want the bad news? Let's start with the good news. At the end of the day, through all the struggles of the Buffalo Bills during this 2023 season, through the ups and downs, through the offensive struggles specifically in first half of games, through Josh Allen's handful of very mediocre performances, including today, through coaching issues, through massive injuries, through all that stuff. At the end of the day, come next Sunday night, and it's not official now, but I'm highly confident enough to say right now, the Buffalo Bills are going to play the Miami Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium next Sunday night, not only for the AFC East division, but also for the number two seed in the playoffs. And if they could win in the first round, at least two home playoff games, potentially the entire road to the playoffs going through Orchard Park. That is unbelievable when you think about where this football team was leaving Philadelphia, losers in overtime to go six and six, a disastrous bye week that saw a star defensive end, a star defensive end who was not even um, in the lineup today, get arrested, a scathing series on an embattled head coach. And at the end of the day, the Bills are right back in prime position to be where they were a year ago, the number two seed in the AFC and hosting playoff games here in Orchard Park. That's the good news, of course. Uh, the bad news is if the Buffalo Bills that we watched today here on Sunday look anything remotely like they do next week in Miami, they might not even make the playoffs. It's not a given. As we take this right now, it might be by the time you listen to this, an audio podcast form if you listen to this on Monday, on New Year's. But as this is recorded, it's not even a lock that the Bills are actually in the playoffs as of yet. So there's still a lot of things here that could happen at the end of the day. Uh, I want to welcome everybody who's watching this. If you're watching this live on video, this is Sunday, maybe 15 minutes or less after the Buffalo Bills just survived the New England Patriots 27 to 21. Um, if you listen on the audio side, this will be dropped Monday morning. Happy New Year to you all. Um, this is going to be a quickie solo episode. I actually got 
a bunch of friends coming to my home here in just a little bit. But I wanted to make sure I got something out to you. I appreciate everybody who's watching. I appreciate everybody, as always, who is listening to the show. Um, again, Happy New Year's. I hope everybody has a nice, safe, fun, enjoyable New Year's, whether you're spending with family, friends, whether you're out, whether you're home, whatever you're doing, stay safe and um, have a good time. It's been a, a fun weekend, an interesting weekend. Saturday, I went to um, Wingnuts in Amherst, a new location for the very first time. Um, my friends, Matt Perino, Ryan Talbot, put out the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. Great crowd there. Didn't get a chance to have the wings because they were just too damn busy. But uh, hung out there for the show. I enjoyed it. Went to 9-11 Tavern. Met up with a handful of Bills Mafia people, including former Buffalo Bill Jerry Ostrowski. We went to 9-11 Tavern. Those those guys had never had those wings before, and they found out that they are the best in Western New York. But anyway, it was good to meet Jerry in person, have a conversation with him. Like I said, some other people from Bill's Mafia. So it's been a fun weekend, an interesting weekend, and I was highly confident going into this game, uh, like I'm sure a lot of you who are watching and listening were as well. I think, and I think we can say this now, we can admit this now, we went into this game scoreboard watching and I think far more concerned about whether the Baltimore Ravens would be able to handle business and put away the Miami Dolphins because of course the Bills needed this to be able to control their own destiny for the division as it turns out the Baltimore Ravens smacked the living shit out of the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills had to hold on for dear life against the New England Patriots a team that won just four games coming in but the, the, the credit that I will give them, this might be the only credit that I give this football team, is the Patriots might only have four wins, but they've played a lot of competitive football this season. In fact, just last week, they went on the road into Denver in a game that the Broncos absolutely needed to have to, for all intents and purposes, stay in the thick of the AFC playoff race, and New England went in there and they beat them. So this is a credible team, a credible opponent, but still a team on paper that the Buffalo Bills should have shellacked and they didn't. And I know that doesn't really matter. Come tomorrow won't matter much, but in the heat of the moment here, instant post-game reaction, I'm not very happy about the game. I'm sure a lot of you are, are not as well. Put it this way, folks. If you would have told me five minutes before kickoff that the Buffalo Bills would have four turnovers in the first half, the defense, I'm, I'm sorry, let me make sure I say that right. The defense would produce four turnovers in the first half, including a pick six touchdown that this game would have been a romp before halftime and that we would have seen a lot of Kyle Allen and a lot of Latavius Murray running, which by the way, I'm good with ever seeing another Latavius Murray run in a Buffalo Bills uniform, more on that in a second. But this would have been blowout city, backups in, a laugher, an enjoyable, relaxing Second half of Buffalo Bills football as we get ready for whatever it is that we're doing here for New Year's Eve. Four turnovers the Bills forced uh, New England into and got a touchdown and still went into the locker room just up one score. And that's because this offense was just, uh, it was atrocious, man. Again, you have a defense that produces four turnovers, uh, three sacks, two of them by Terrell Bernard. And what a... He's not a rookie because he was drafted two years ago, but this is his first real year of being a player on this football team. What a season he's had. What a great surprise to me and to many of you how good Terrell Bernard has been this season. But anyway, he gets two sacks. Ed Oliver gets a sack. 
has an unbelievably athletic interception. Rasul Douglas, two picks, a pass breakup that led to the Ed Oliver interception, returns an interception for a touchdown. Uh, Christian Benford rips the ball out of a Patriot receiver's hands for another turnover. The Bills were just handed great field position time and time again. And this offense, which has just become, uh, you know, we thought that this offense had turned the corner and went into the Chargers game confident, but I wasn't really worried that the offense didn't look good last week. You're on the road. It is tough to win on the road. And we've talked about this last week. All the elements were there for a trap game for the Bills last Saturday in LA. A short week, a trip out to the West Coast, prime time. Uh, you're playing a team that had a brand new interim coach, a team that's got literally nothing to lose. So in hindsight, it really should have been a surprise that the Chargers played the Bills tough and almost won. Plus, the Bills have had a horrible habit this season of playing down to the competition, which continued today because to only win by six when your defense produces four turnovers and puts a touchdown on the board for you, that is just inexcusable. That's inexcusable if you're playing the Eagles or the Chiefs or the Ravens, let alone the New England Patriots. It was ugly. Um, Josh Allen, not a good game. You know, I tweeted in the first half because, I mean, he, he picked it up some and made a couple of nice throws in the second half for sure, especially on a, a touchdown drive that they desperately needed. But as a whole, and especially in the first half with Josh Allen, it was, it looked to me like dude was out partying all night. And I know he wasn't. I'm just saying that's the way it looked. He almost looked like punch drunk. Just out of it. Something just didn't look right with him, let alone feel right. A terrible first half. Many bad decisions, including two uh, to Khalil Shakir when he was wide open and didn't go to him either time. One of them should have been an easy touchdown. He never even looked at him, didn't see him. Just some bad throws, some bad decisions. And it wasn't just him. I mean, the offensive line, especially the interior, couldn't make a block to save their life in the first half. Receivers just were getting no separation, not getting open. Something that's just been uh, an issue all year long. But anyway, Josh, not good, man. 15 of 30, uh, a buck 69, an interception. One of those bad Josh interceptions, too. It wasn't like a bad break, a bad bounce, just a great play by the defender. It was a, a poor decision and a poor throw from Josh Allen on the interception. Uh, the running game grinded 127 yards, just 3.4 yards per carry, though. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, probably the best player on this day on the Bills offense, four catches for 87 yards, including a big, big 51-yarder in the third quarter. Uh, Khalil Shakir had a couple big catches, including one on third down near the end of the game. He had four catches for 39 yards. Stephon Diggs. Uh, the trend continues, just not getting a lot from him offensively. Four catches for 26 yards. But for me, and again, I want to be careful because at the end of the day, the Bills won this football game. And the only thing that matters besides coming out of the game healthy, which Josh took a shot in the shoulder at the end of the game, hated that play call. But anyway, it seems to me in the moments after the game, the Bills came out healthy. So that's the other most important thing besides winning the game itself. Again, it's all about Miami here next Sunday, and I assume it's going to be Sunday night. But for me, there were two plays specifically that have really symbolized the Buffalo Bills offense and what's wrong with it. Not just this day, but for 
a big chunk of this season, two plays specifically. Um, one of them in the third quarter, the Bills are backed up to their own nine. I think it was after a New England punt. It was. It was after a punt. First play, the Bills go for what would have been the knockout punch then. Stefan Diggs runs a good inside route. He beats Jonathan Jones. He has him by a good step and a half. Josh sees it. Josh throws the ball deep. If they connect, it's a 91-yard touchdown. There's no more talk about Stefan Diggs having some off games. This would have erased a lot of poor Josh Allen throws and decisions previous to this. But instead, Josh overthrew him by a good four yards. The ball falls harmlessly to the ground. And that's just been one of the biggest issues with this Buffalo Bills offense, probably over the second half of this season. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs just don't seem to be on the right page. Like Stephon caught four passes today. And off the top of my head, and again, I'm literally going live here on the video side anyway, 10, 15 minutes after the game ended. I don't think one of those four catches was a ball that traveled more than three yards past the line of scrimmage in the air. So they're not on the same page. And that's annoying. And it's worrisome because they're going to have to. You're not beating Miami or Baltimore or even the Chiefs or any teams in the AFC. You're not going to beat them in the playoffs getting minimal statistical numbers from Stefan Diggs. You're just, you're not going to do it. So that's one of the things that I look at this offense, a play, I should say, that I look at this offense and, and it worries me. The other thing is this, Josh Allen on both his touchdowns, and I think at least one other time during the game, they did a touch push. That play for most of the season, and especially in this game, the New England Patriots quite literally could not stop that play. Couldn't stop it. And it's 31 near midfield. And Joe Brady dials up a run to Latavius Murray, who gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage. And then to make, and he might have even lost a happy yard. And then to make matters worse, the Bills, protecting the lead, decided to punt. And I'm screaming at my TV at this point. I'm like, what is Joe Brady doing? This is what I hate about Joe Brady. It's what I hate about Ken Dorsey. This is what I hate about pretty much every offensive coordinator, just coaches, period. Why outthink yourself? Why do you get too cute at times? It just doesn't make any sense. And don't tell me that you were unwilling to, to have Josh Allen take a hit because literally on the Bills' final third down conversion of the game, Josh Allen took a big hit on his left shoulder. So I want to hear that shit. You run Latavius Murray, he runs into a wall, doesn't get the first down, and they punt. And I'm just going nuts, man. That was that was an awful call by Joe Brady. I thought Joe Brady, who has started out really good, and now for two straight games, this offense has looked pretty shitty. And a lot of their success early on with Joe Brady's OC was an effective running game. In the last couple of weeks, the running game hasn't been quite effective. And as a result, They've had to throw the ball more and just good things aren't happening. I don't know what it is. He's not scheming guys open. It doesn't feel like um, some of the runs just aren't there. But then again, some of the play calls in the biggest moments, like how do you not run Josh Allen on third and one? You give the ball to Latavius Murray. And I said this uh, a few minutes ago, I am done with Latavius Murray. I don't hate Latavius Murray. I get it to an extent, but he is not one of the three best running backs on the football team at this point. He's just not. 
Leonard, Leonard Fournette should be, and I'd be surprised if he's not, elevated next week in Latavius Murray, maybe out. And by, and by the way, Latavius Murray also dropped a third down pass literally right between the numbers that led to another Bills punt. So good things aren't happening when Latavius Murray is touching the football and you got to make that change. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone, or I should say um, inactive next week. So those are two plays. Look, at the end of the day, I'm taking a real quick break here after this, and I mean real quick break, but the Buffalo Bills are a good football team. At times, the Buffalo Bills are a great football team, but you know, this is a good team that plays really stupid a lot, and they play down to their competition a lot, and you know, I felt going in two weeks ago, as after they beat Dallas, I said, I feel really strong about this team going into the playoffs as things stand, assuming they make the playoffs, of course, because if they get into the playoffs, that means they're probably going to win five in a row to get in. And they were just looking really good. A really good defense, which by the way, for the most part was really good today. You produce four turnovers, you're going to get a lot of credit as you should. But you know, the offense was going, man. Um, running the ball effectively. Josh was playing like Josh, but it's just they play down in the competition too much, and they've done it two straight weeks. And I put at least some of that, a lot of it on the quarterback, a lot of it on the offensive line, of course. But some of this is on Joe Brady. Let's not go anoint Joe Brady, you know, the per, even the permanent offensive coordinator, let alone, you know, somebody that we got to be worried about being plucked away as a head coach this offseason or the offseason, you know, to come. So that that's a little bit premature. I want to take a real quick break here, come back in literally a matter of seconds, at least on the video side anyway. Uh, a couple more thoughts, and then wrap this up here on a Sunday, New Year's Eve, with the Buffalo Bills now playing for the number two seed in the AFC. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, you know what? I forgot about the first. This, this should have been. I mean, I mentioned him early on, but. This should be a, a Rasul Douglas appreciation podcast because good Lord, man, where would this defense be without him right now, especially today? And what a fleecing of a deal Brandon Bean got from the Green Bay Packers to get a, a, a trade a third and a fifth for Rasul Douglas. I've said this previously this week, so it's not nothing new. This just further cements how I have felt going all along. I have nothing against Trey White, nothing, 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 but love for Trey White. Trey White was having a very good year. He was nowhere near what he needed to be last year when he came back, but that was understandable. Worked his ass off, looked really good at camp, 
looked really good in the first month of the season. And then unfortunately he tore his Achilles. So this is no knock whatsoever on Trey White. But Rasul Douglas to me is even better than Trey White. You know, Matt Milano is uh irreplaceable loss. Tyrell Dodson's out there. He's doing his best, but he ain't Matt Milano. When you see it a handful of times a game, you're like, there was one play I was screaming at the TV because he didn't make a play. I'm like, Milano makes this play every single time and Dotson doesn't. But anyway, my point is Milano's, you know, it was a huge injury. Daquan Jones was an irreplaceable injury. And now thankfully he's back. He got a nice handful of snaps, looked pretty good on Sunday here. But to me, Russell Douglas getting traded to the Bills is almost even unfortunately. I mean, it'd be nice to have Trey and Russell. That'd be awesome. But if you can only give me one, I take Russell Douglas. I, I actually think that Brandon Bean upgraded that position, uh, so to speak. I'm trying to keep an eye here on the video side anyway on a couple comments as they come in. But like I said, this is going to be quick. I don't want to be here much longer. I got a lot of people coming over, and I know you got things to do, whether you're watching this on New Year's Eve, whether you're listening to this on your New Year's Day. Um, <laughs> how do we not talk about the first play of the game? I mean, we're all getting settled in here. We're excited. Again, we got one eye on, on the Bills. We got one eye on Miami, Baltimore. A couple other things going on for some people. Fantasy football championships. Lots of shit going on. And before you can even get comfortable in that chair, wherever you are watching this game, opening kickoff, 98 yards to the house. And the Bills are down, what, 10 seconds, 12 seconds into the game, 7 nothing. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This special teams this year has been utterly atrocious. It continued again, I, except for Sam Martin. Sam Martin had a fantastic game putting today, but I don't throw that out there. But special teams again, they get beat for a big play. Dane Jackson whiffs on a tackle. Tyler Bass had the worst effort at a tackle I think that I've ever seen. And also should have kicked it deep. And I don't know if he could or not, because then the very next time the Bills scored and they kicked off, it was another kick, maybe a yard or so in the end zone. But then later in the game, Maybe it's because the wind picked up. I don't know. He's kicking the ball seven, eight yards deep. But if I'm Sean McDermott right now for the rest of this season, when we go to Miami, when they play in the playoffs, hopefully they're in the playoffs, kick the ball into the end zone. Do not kick it short. Bad things can happen. The special teams has just been a disaster for a lot of this season. So that that was um that was tough to watch. And that was definitely a little bit of a, a wake-up call uh right away. And the other thing I wanted to say, unrelated to this game specifically is that I was surprised, pleasantly surprised and extremely, to be honest with you, happy to learn before the game that um, Vaughn Miller was a healthy and active. It's like that shit was well overdue, man. Like it is about time that he's inactive. 11 games this season. <laughs> I laugh because I got a comment on the video side asking about this game and why the team struggles. Hank Mookie Valentine in a word. Vegas. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But anyway, Vaughn Miller, 11 games this season, zero sacks, two tackles in 11 games. And I know a lot of people, none so more than Eric Washington and Sean McDermott have been waiting for that week where Vaughn Miller would come out and really start to make his presence known. And it just didn't happen. And I, and I was a little bit surprised because Wednesday defensive line coach Eric Washington talked about him earning some leeway and how he opened up some things, even if you don't watch, or it seems like he's not doing anything. He was helping out other teammates get free up for, uh, for opportunities. I'm like, bullshit. 
Sounds like typical coach speak. And it was. Because if he was doing all that and getting all his leeway, he would have been in the lineup against a, a New England Patriots team. I mean, you got Bailey Zappi out there, and you got a, a New England Patriots, not very good offensive line. It was missing their left tackle, Trent Brown. And you're going to tell me that this should not have been yet another one of those get-right games for Vaughn Miller? So, again, you know, you, you sit there and you uh, you hear coaches talk on Wednesday. Don't ever put any stock in anything any coach says on Wednesday. Because every player on your team is progressing and doing things well, and every opponent is your biggest threat yet. You know? So that was Wednesday talk. But anyway, Vaughn Miller, inactive. Uh, I tip my cap to Sean McDermott for finally saying, you know what, enough is enough. This guy's not giving us anything. He's not producing. And I read the numbers to you. But there's also plays, and you could see it, where it looked like he was dogging it out there. He was giving less than 100%. Playing not to get hurt. Didn't want to fall. Didn't want to bend his knee the wrong way. and. uh they went with Kingsley Jonathan, who, by the way, had a nice run stop early in the game. I think I tweeted in all caps. That's why you you play him over uh, Von Miller. But I was pleasantly surprised to see that. And I think there is a good chance that uh, you may have seen the last of Von Miller in a Buffalo Bills uniform, certainly for this season, barring injuries, of course, um, and possibly period. You know, obviously, I, I think. At this point, the Bills, if he can get, if, if Vaughn Miller gets suspended by the league, the Bills can get out of his guaranteed money. And that would be financially, I mean, it sucks, but let's keep shit real here. That'd be the best uh, potential outcome from the Bills, to be able to get out of his guaranteed money. But, but even if that doesn't happen, I'm starting to think now that Vaughn Miller could be an offseason cut. If they were to cut him post-June 1st with the post-June 1st designation, which for people who don't understand what that means, that means you could cut him. And that money doesn't become available to the team until after they cut him on June 1st. But Vaughn Miller, if the Bills cut him next year, they're going to eat $32 million in dead cap space. If they cut him normally like February before March or whatever, they would have to eat all 32 next year. If they cut him with a post June 1st designation, they would eat, where's the numbers? I got him here. 17 million dead cap next year and then 15 million the year after. Which, man, the E32 million in dead cap money is just freaking ridiculous. But they would save like 6.7 million. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's a possibility. Now, Vaughn Miller, maybe with an offseason, you know, and getting healthier, you might see the Vaughn Miller that we saw at the beginning of 2023. Because as much as I can't stand a dude and these allegations against him certainly don't help it, but Vaughn Miller last year before Thanksgiving, before he tore his ACL, was the Vaughn Miller that we signed up for, that the Bills gave big money to. He was really good. He's just a shell of himself right now. He's washed. And the question is, will he remain washed? In the Sean McDermott's credit, he's not willing to find that out with so much on the line right now. Because the Vaughn Miller we've seen, and I had a spirited conversation with Tom Pucks about this on the show just uh, Friday. But the Vaughn Miller that we're seeing now, he's not better than Kingsley Jonathan. He's not better than Shaq Lawson. And he doesn't deserve those fourth defensive end reps, which, by the way, unrelated or actually related. A.J. Vanessa being back was a nice addition to this defense as well. But anyway, props to the Bills for scratching him. I was also a little bit surprised that Laval Joseph was a healthy inactive, and they chose to go with Puna Ford. Puna Ford's been on the inactive list for most this season. And I thought for sure, with Daquan Jones coming back on Sunday, that he would be inactive. But he wasn't. Puna Ford played. And he actually had a couple of nice plays. 
So it looks like that was a good call as well. And again, the Patriots, you looked at their injury report and Jabril Peppers was gone and Hunter Henry was gone. Trent Brown was gone. This was a game that should have been a complete blowout. And it wasn't. And it's, it's annoying. It's frustrating. I think to put a wrap on this now, I think you're going to see people, if they're objectively watching the film this week, if they're objectively looking for things this week, there's going to be a lot to come out of this game on the offensive side of the ball to not like. Uh, Josh Allen, just, I don't know, man. I, I, I've been really high on him. <laughs> it's funny to say this now, but it was Thursday. I literally, Wednesday, last week, last week, Wednesday, I literally dedicated an entire podcast to the NFL MVP race and Josh Allen and where he stood in it. And I came into this week saying, I currently have Josh Allen third. And I pointed out a scenario where maybe Baltimore beats Miami in an ugly low scoring game where Lamar Jackson doesn't play well, Tua doesn't do much. Josh Allen lights up the Patriots. And then Josh Allen uh, lights up to what next week in Miami on the road and they secure the number two seed. I said that could elevate Josh Allen realistically to MVP. Well, none of that happened because Lamar Jackson toasted the Miami Dolphins. I think he threw for five touchdowns. He was sensational. He just put a lock on MVP, by the way. So for something we've been debating and switching week after week, save yourself some time and energy this week because Lamar Jackson is your MVP this season. There's no more question about it. And as for Josh, now you're just like, win a football game. It's crazy because he looks so good at times. I loved him in Philly. I thought he was the best player on the field in Philly. I thought he played, even though the numbers weren't great, he was fine against Dallas. He was good against Kansas City. And he's scoring touchdowns. I mean, that's good. But I don't know, man. It's just, this was one of those days where it's just so frustrating because it wasn't just him. Again, some receivers just, I don't know, they're not getting open and Again, now the interior, especially the interior offensive line, really struggled. And he didn't look comfortable in the pocket a lot. He made a couple of nice plays, too. It's not like he completely sucked. But, um, you know, just throws behind guys, the ugly interception, a couple bad decisions. Not Again, not seeing Shakir for, on, on a rub play with Gabe Davis. Should have been a touchdown. So lots of things to go against him. But the good news is I believe in patterns with this football team. And it just seems like Josh plays certain ways all the time against certain teams like Josh struggles against the Jets although he really exercised those demons the second time they played this year Josh Allen struggles against the Bengals Josh Allen met in that playoff game too a couple years ago when he destroyed New England that notwithstanding Josh has struggled some against Bill Belichick in New England but conversely Josh Allen usually plays really well against the Chiefs and Josh Allen usually plays exceptionally well against the Miami Dolphins which is why I'm kind of ready to to just flush this game down the toilet. It's ugly. It's only win by six to, to have your defense play as good as they did and produce for you as much as they did and to still only win this game by six, although it could have been nine if they needed to tack on a field goal, they could have at the end. So it still could have been a two-score game technically. But I, I feel better because I just I know that Josh Allen plays well in Miami, and he's going to have to. He's going to have to. Uh, Miami's got some injury, injury issues as well. Jalen Waddle did not play. Against Baltimore, I saw at the very end of the game, Bradley Chubb had to be carted off, so that's not good news for Miami. It's going to be a fun game, and we're going to talk about it, by the way. This is going to be a big week, obviously, here on Talking Buffalo. We'll have a full episode on Monday 
I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to have Tone Putz with me, but if it's not Tone, it will be somebody else. But we'll get into this game, having a night to sleep on it. Sleep off probably was going to be a hangover. Uh, and just have the whole day to really dissect this game in the big picture. Plus, we will know if the Bills are in the playoffs tomorrow, or I should say tomorrow, Monday's taping for Tuesday's episode. We'll know exactly if the Bills are already in the playoffs. We do know that no matter what happened in the late Sunday games, the Bills have, it's in their hands, folks. It's in their hands. Go to Miami, you beat them. You're the number two seed in the AFC. That is crazy. I didn't think that was attainable about a month or so ago. So enough things fell away for Buffalo to be in this position. On that note, I'm going to get out of here. Again, I want to thank everybody. If you watch this on the video side live, if you're listening on the audio side, uh, video side, enjoy your New Year's Eve. Audio side, I hope you have a great New Year. I'll be back with a brand new show tomorrow. Take care, folks. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.